Welcome to Lethal Lullabies, the podcast that takes you on a relaxing journey into the action-packed world of your favorite films. Tonight's story is part three of our four-part Mild Max series. So far, we've seen, or rather heard, Mild Max, Furiosa, and their companions tackle the open road. They successfully sent dozens of foes off to sleep. But bedtime comes for us all, and Max and Furiosa are about to face their biggest threat yet. Calmly, of course. So, now, find a good pillow and your trustiest blade and get ready for Lethal Lullabies Mild Max Sleepy Road Part 3 Immortal Joe leads his war party up over the rocky remains of the canyon walls. Not long ago, they were in hot pursuit of Furiosa and his liberated wives. But that rampage has been forced to a crawl. Thanks to some clever deal-making from Furiosa, who saw to it that the path would be filled with rubble. Immortal Joe and his company now make their way slowly over the wreckage. Their vehicles are sturdy, but not all of them are made for this type of climb. As they advance, Joe watches Furiosa and the war rig facing off against the motorcyclists who destroyed the path he is currently on. It seems even Furiosa's allies have turned against her. Immortal Joe ponders. What if his wives fall asleep 
before he is able to capture them once again. They have faced so many obstacles that could easily send them off to sleep, rolling endless dunes, soaring sandy gales, and now dubious alliances. These women, for all their virtues, are more prone to sleep than most. They haven't lived in the harsh world of the desert, and Immortal Joe doesn't know how much danger they can take. Wondering and worrying will not help Immortal Joe, so he lets the thoughts slip away. Nux, who had for a brief time been riding on the war rig with Furiosa and Max, thinks that he might be able to help. He makes his way to Immortal Joe and tells him about the secret entrances that Furiosa has hidden on the rig. Nux promises Immortal Joe that he can bring the women back safe and sound. He will just need a little help getting to the rig. To Nux's delight, Immortal Joe accepts his offer and lets Nux ride in the lead car, which has finally made its way over the rocky path and is ready to catch up to the war rig. The rest of the party picks up speed too. It is not long before Immortal Joe's lead vehicle is side by side with the war rig. He takes out his can of chrome spray paint, the mark of those destined for the lush fields of Valhalla, and sprays the glittering paint across Nux's mouth. This is it. Nux is ready to make his mark, to be witnessed in glory, to rest in Valhalla. The rest of the world melts away. All of Nux's worries and fears become mist and evaporate into the desert heat. With Nux's face shiny and chrome, Rictus, the hulking eldest son of Immortal Joe, helps the war boy over to the rig. Rictus is a gigantic man, 
So when he lifts Nux, it's like lifting a feather. And when he tosses the war boy towards Furiosa's speeding truck, the feather-light Nux dances in the wind and lands safely on his target. Nux clings tightly to the war rig as he cautiously makes his way step by step to the back of the vehicle. The wind rushes across his face and the moving rig wobbles beneath his feet. Immortal Joe and his party walk as Nux ever so slowly approaches his target. He is just a few inches away, but a chain hanging from his waist, the same chain that once tethered him to Max, wedges into the grate of the war rig. Nux tries to make his final few steps to glory, but the chain pulls tight. It holds him in place, only a few steps from Valhalla. Underneath him, the war rig rocks once again, and this time, Nux loses his footing. Immortal Joe watches Nux. From his vehicle, he watches the war boy land on the moving war rig. He watches each careful step towards the secret entrance. He watches the chain snag and Nux fall. He watches all this and whispers, mediocre. He'll have to take matters into his own hands after all. Immortal Joe readies his gun, but when he gazes over to the cab of the war rig, he finds splendid the leader of the liberated wives sprawled out in front of the side windows displaying her pregnant belly and a look of solemn defiance if immortal joe wants to put Furiosa to sleep, he will have to send Splendid off into a dream as well. And both Splendid and Immortal Joe know he will not send her on that journey. Immortal Joe puts down his gun. Splendid 
smiles, proud that she could do at least this for Furiosa and Max and all the other wives. She carefully makes her way back into the cab, but like Nux, she is not destined to reach the inside of the war rig. She slips before she can re-enter the cab and somersaults into the warm sand below. Immortal Joe watches her tumble down. He swerves his vehicle to the side to try and avoid her path, but he is driving too fast, and the sudden turn causes his own car to somersault. The rest of his war party slows to check on him. Furiosa looks over to Max. Did she fall asleep? she fall asleep? Max nods. Splendid may not have lived in the harsh winds of the barren sands or begged for water like the people of the citadel, but hers was a life filled with struggle. As a captured prize of the dastardly Immortal Joe, much of Splendid's life had eroded away. But now, as she drifts off to sleep, she knows that she did what Immortal Joe never thought she could do. She faced the desert. She saved her friends. And she set herself free. The sun starts to set, shifting the warm orange glow that once penetrated every inch of the landscape into a gentle moonlight blue. The war rig and the pursuing war parties alike begin to slow down. Even the ground they drive on is changing as night falls upon them. It's not the loose sand they are used to. This is something cool and wet. Mud. Marsh. It grabs hold of the vehicles and pulls them down a few inches. The mayor of Gastown looks at his men and notes how tired they are how slowly they all move through the muck. He unfurls a scroll 
and counts the cost. 30,000 units of guzzoline eaten up by the roaring engines in vehicles of every size. 19 canisters of nitro powering their speed. 12 assault bikes now splintered into a thousand metallic pieces. Seven pursuit vehicles now up in smoke. The deficit mounts. The mayor looks to Immortal Joe and says, Now, sir, you have us stuck in a quagmire. Up ahead, Furiosa and Max are just as stuck. They place wood under the tires, but it's not enough to unearth the massive weight now slowly drifting into the depths of the swampy marsh. An unexpected voice pipes up, offering his help. Max and the wives turn to see Nux. After he fell from the war rig, and after Immortal Joe witnessed his failure. Nux had found a way back to the rig, but was too ashamed with his failure to proceed. One of the wives, capable, found him sulking in the back of the rig. She listened to his woes and put a hand on his shoulder. Capable told Nux it's okay to fall down. She told him he doesn't need Immortal Joe's approval. He doesn't need to live an octane-fueled life blazing towards a moment of glory. If he wants, he can relax. This was so new to Nux that it was hard to process. But as he spoke with Capable, the thought seeped in and grew. It grew so much that now As Immortal Joe's war party inches their way closer and closer, Nux, once a part of that same pursuit, truly wants to help the women and Max escape. Nux takes the chain that once tethered him to Max and secures it to a single tree growing defiantly out of the otherwise barren landscape. Next, Nux attaches the chain to a winch on the rig. 
Maybe this will be enough to pull them from the muck. There's a bright light in the distance. The war party must be getting close. A few bullets rain down on Furiosa and the wives. Max takes aim with his rifle. He has only two bullets left. He fires the first and misses. Furiosa asks for the gun. She is by far the best shot, and they both know it. So Max hands it over. Furiosa takes aim, pulls the trigger, and the light goes out. This is their chance to get the war rig out of the muck. The winch pulls the rig with all its might. The tree creaks under the weight of the war rig. Its roots cling to the wet earth and stretch out across the muddy land. But they are not enough to keep the solitary shrub in place. The tree rips free from the ground and with a little coaxing, so too does the war rig. Max and Furiosa and all the wives that remain are once again on their way to the green place. They drive all night until the sun peaks over the sleepy horizon. Surely they are getting close to the green place by now. They have traveled for miles and miles since they left the citadel. Max has seen a lot since the world fell apart, and as they drive out into the unknown, he starts to doubt if the green place even exists. Furiosa won't let this doubt stand, so she tells him the story of her childhood. She tells him that she was born in the green place and the land of many mothers. There they fostered the growth of hundreds of plants, flowers, and ivy, vegetables, and trees. There was always enough food to go around. Everyone was comfortable and happy. But 
when she was just a child, she and her mother were stolen away from the green place and brought to the citadel and to immortal Joe. Furiosa's memories waft through her mind and seem to materialize in the distance. Furiosa looks again. There really is something there beyond the dunes. Not the green place, but something. They drive closer. It's a metal tower with a slender woman perched on top. Furiosa calls out to her. The woman replies with whoop. And then all around them, the hum of motorbikes rises up from the desert. 